I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, January 2nd, the first podcast of 2023. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. So I hope everyone had a wonderful New Year's and we are ready to kick off 2023. So as it is a new month, we have coming up this month to start off the podcast. So coming up this month, we've obviously had a couple of bowl games because we've got bowl games tonight. We will have the college football playoff national championship next Monday. That is January 9th, and that will end the college football season. Also this month is in tennis. The Australian Open will be played, and luckily, Djokovic is actually allowed in Australia this time, so that will start on the 15th and run through the 29th. And now we go back to the regular weekly update. Starting off the year with the NBA, Luka Doncic is on a roll for the Mavericks. He had a 60-point game against the Knicks on Tuesday, followed by a 51-point game against the Spurs on Saturday. Those were two of his three games over 50 points in just the last five games. His 51 points against the Spurs was definitely needed as the Mavs won by one to keep their six-game winning streak alive. We also have a couple of quick points. Zion Williamson, Pelican star, scored a career-high 43 points in their game versus the Timberwolves this past week. He scored 33 in the second half alone. On Thursday, Pacers player Buddy Heald broke an NBA record, not a team record, but the whole league for the fastest three-pointer, taking just three seconds to sink the shot. The previous record was also held by the same team, Pacer Reggie Miller, at four seconds since 2000. 
8,000. The Pacers beat the Cavs in that game 135 to 126. Also, another big point, the Nets sit at 11 wins in a row, which is encroaching on their franchise record of 14. They play the Spurs tonight. And then finally, Buck superstar Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 43 points and 20 rebounds in their game against the Timberwolves on Friday. That snapped a four-game losing streak for the Milwaukee team and makes Giannis join elite company only Wilt Chamberlain and Elgin Baylor have had back-to-back games with 40 points 20 rebounds and five assists Giannis is the first to accomplish this feat since 1966 moving along to NCAA basketball as it was a crazy week eight number eight Alabama beat number 21 Mississippi State in their first SEC game of the season we have now reached conference play number nine Arkansas lost to unranked LSU and might break into the rankings after beating the Razorbacks in a close one so maybe look out for LSU coming up Mizzou is now 12 and one. Look at them to break into the rankings as well as they just beat number 19, Kentucky, who has now lost four games. So they will probably drop out. Newly ranked number 25, UNC, or should I say newly re-ranked UNC, lost to Pitt despite leading at half. They lost by two. There was a huge Big East showdown on Saturday between number two UConn and number 22 Xavier. It was a close game at half, but the Huskies had a low scoring second half, getting beat by 10 points. Iowa State put the beat down on number 12 Baylor, beating the 2021 champs by 15. Kansas State and number 24 West Virginia went into overtime after Kansas State had a killer second half. They then finished the job in OT, beating the newly ranked Mountaineers. Moving along to NCAA football, it was a busy week of bowl games as it is week three and basically the last full week for bowl games, including the college football playoff started. So starting with the bowl games, though, originally Duke wins over UCF in the military bowl with a school record number of sacks in a bowl game. Duke won 30 to 13. Kansas overcame a 24-point deficit to go into overtime with Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl. Bad news for the over-under if you bet the under. But then the Kansas Jayhawks lost in the third overtime in a very anticlimactic play. The Holiday Bowl was back and forth between two big college brands, UNC and number 15, Oregon. Oregon scored the tying touchdown with 19 seconds left in the game and only needed a PAT to take the win. So only needed that extra point kick to make that full seven for a touchdown. Well, the kick hit one of the posts, but bounced in. So the Ducks did manage to take the W. Ole Miss has now lost their fourth game in a row. Those games started with Bama, Arkansas, and Mississippi State in regular season SEC play. And then this last game was to Texas Tech in the Texas Bowl. The Red Raiders won 42-25. to Oklahoma looked better than expected, taking on number 13 Florida State down to the wire in the Cheez-It Bowl. They actually were leading in the fourth quarter. Then Florida State took a seven-point lead, but the Sooners scored a tying touchdown with 3.45 to go in the game. Like I said, went back and forth. 
All the Seminoles needed was a field goal, and they got it with 55 seconds left. Oklahoma could not complete a game-winning drive in that time period, so Florida State wins by three. I did tell y'all I was going to be in attendance. I did actually make it after all the crazy Southwest flight delays and cancellations. Uh, My brother and I were in attendance at that game. Felt like we played pretty well. Um, Oklahoma has been really struggling, especially on defense. Um, And the Seminoles quarterback is extremely impressive. He is going to be, I'm going to go ahead and say it now, as of January 2nd, um, 2023, he will become a front runner for the Heisman and will actually be an extremely important player moving forward. So want to go ahead and get that on the record to say that because he was very impressive. But going back to the bowl games, number 12, Washington later that night beat number 20, Texas in the Alamo Bowl, despite the Longhorns having basically a home field advantage. Number six, Tennessee handled number seven, Clemson with ease, winning the orangiest orange bowl ever, 31 to 14. Both teams were without their starting quarterback. Pitt upset number 18 UCLA with a late field goal in the Sun Bowl. Number 21 Notre Dame beat newly ranked number 19 South Carolina 45 to 38 in a high scoring Gator Bowl. Maryland won the Mayo Bowl and so their coach got covered in Duke's Mayo after the game as is ritual. They won over number 23 NC State. This is the first win over a CFP ranked team since the college football playoff rankings started for Maryland. So that was a nice win for the Terps. And then last year's Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young and several other big names actually played for the Crimson Tide in the Sugar Bowl. And frankly, it showed the Tide beat Kansas State 45 to 20, despite a slow start. But okay, let's get to the major climax of the college football season with the playoffs. It was finally time, and it was the first time two Big Ten teams and two non-conference champions made the playoff. TCU and Michigan had actually never played each other, and Georgia and Ohio State have only played once. And if you watch College Game Day, if you follow college football, Actually, um, one of the announcers, Herb Street, he was quarterback the last time Ohio State played Georgia. So it was quite a while ago, not to date him or anything. But and then Georgia also had a home game as they were playing in Atlanta and they had played two games in that exact stadium and it outscored opponents 99 to 33 this season alone. But We start with the Fiesta Bowl number three, TCU versus number two, Michigan. It did not disappoint. The Horned Frogs heard all the doubt in the month leading up to the game and took it personally because they came out hot, leading 21-6 at half. And that was with a 59-yard field goal that Michigan scored with zero time left in the first half. But Michigan didn't make it to this game by accident, and they weren't undefeated by accident. They fought back, trying to pull off the biggest comeback in college football playoff history. And they nearly did it, too, coming to within three points. But every time Michigan scored, TCU had an answer. The first Big 12 team makes it to the national championship with TCU beating Michigan 51-45. to 
Then before this year, let's keep in mind, only three playoff games have been decided by single digits. This is not Claire's rules of single digits like I do for the NFL where it's one score. This is single digits, so nine points or less. Three playoff games in all the playoff games we've had so far, which the playoffs started in 2014. So that counts three every year. And only three games had ever been decided by single digits. So naturally, with a thriller of a Fiesta Bowl that we just had, that means this game should have been a blowout. Number one, Georgia was favored by five over number four, Ohio State. Spoilers, they didn't cover. Ohio State got rolling coming up to a 21 to 7 lead in the second quarter and that second quarter was crazy as we had a combined 38 points scored in that quarter alone we went to halftime Ohio State up 28 to 24. The third quarter was all Buckeyes too tacking on 10 more points for the Ohio State team. Georgia though isn't the defending champ for nothing. They fought their way back and still trailed 41 to 35 with just under six minutes left in the game. QB Stenson Bennett, who had looked mediocre kind of all game, led the dogs to an amazing 72 yard touchdown drive with 149 to go in the game, giving the ball back to Ohio State. Dogs were up by one. So all Ohio State needed to do was to get into field goal range, which their kicker is one of the best in the country. He's known for being extremely reliable. So they do manage to get it to the 50-yard line. Ohio State's quarterback had a marvelous game. It was actually C.J. Stroud's one of his best games of the season, if not his best game actually ever. So the Buckeyes do manage to get to a 50-yard field goal attempt before their kicker Ruggles comes out. And it's, he had literally has the like best dream of a kicker that could ever exist. And then he misses it to lose the game. And it was not a close miss. This was a bad kick. It was like going side to side, not even end over end. It was a really bad kick. And my heart hurts for him because this is literally what now nightmares are made of. So anyway, Ohio State misses a national championship berth by one point. Georgia gets to go and try to defend their national championship. All right. So we know it was a crazy week in college football, but it also is a high stakes week in NFL. So it was week 17 and there were only about six close games. So nothing too crazy. The Cowboys had smooth sailing in their Thursday night football win over the Titans that combined with another Eagles loss to the Saints. They did have their backup quarterback, but this one still hurts a lot because the Saints are not a good team. Makes the Dallas team just one win behind the Eagles now in the race for the NFC East. The Jags broke their nine-game losing streak by killing the Texans 31-3. The Falcons beat the Cardinals in the game of the Birds by one, kicking a game-winning field goal. The Lions destroyed the Bears 41-10. The Chiefs beat the Broncos in a close one, despite how the Broncos have struggled lately, only winning by three. Running back Jarek McKinnon made history in this game, making it five consecutive games with five receiving touchdowns. Yes, he is a running back. That is why it's a record with five receiving touchdowns. The Patriots beat the Dolphins by two with a nice pick six at the end. The Giants scored 24 points in the second quarter alone to beat the Colts by more than that amount. 
The Buccaneers bounced back nicely with three Brady to Evans touchdowns, beating the Panthers by six. That win clinches the division, which is the NFC South for the Bucs. Controversial Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson is playing well, adding another win over the Commanders this time to his resume. The 49ers escape with an overtime win against the Raiders, who threw an interception in OT to set up the winning field goal. The Seahawks held the Jets to just two field goals the entire game to easily win that game. And the biggest upset of the weekend was the Packers beating the Vikings 41 to 17. The Vikings have had a great record. They have double digit wins, but they have played a lot of these close games and it finally kind of came back and bit them in the butt. Packers go ahead and nail them 41 to 17. The Chargers then take the battle for L.A. by three touchdowns. And then Sunday night football even saw a close game between the Steelers, who upset the Ravens by three. A little bit, I I thought this was super interesting. Patriots quarterback Mac Jones was fined $23,000 for unnecessary roughness in last week's game alone. This was two separate fines actually in the same game against the Bengals. The first one being when he fell to the ground on purpose to block a corner corner back's way to a possible fumble recovery. And a second was also on a fumble lost by running back Ramondre Stevenson. These are Jones's third finds for the season. I didn't quite realize how brutal and I guess a sort of dirty player that he has become. So thought that was a super interesting point. Another thing I want to go ahead and update for this week is the standings because we are reaching playoffs. So the Chargers have clinched a AFC wild card spot while the Giants have clinched an NFC wild card spot. The Buccaneers have taken the NFC South and are the only team from that division to make playoffs. So also adding this week are the eliminated teams of the Raiders, the Commanders, the Panthers, and the Saints have all added to last week's what I um, reported on was the eliminated teams. Those have been added. So, now we're kind of in this race for the wild card spots. So in the AFC, the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Steelers, and the Titans are all still competing for two remaining wild card spots. The loser of the Bengals Ravens tie kind of for their division and the Chargers are guaranteed two of those spots. So the Bengals or the Ravens, one of them will win the division and one of them will get a wild card spot. And then same with the Chargers already clinched one. In the NFC, the Seahawks, the Lions, and the Packers are fighting for the two remaining wildcard spots. The loser of the Cowboys-Eagles division race and the Giants have guaranteed the other two spots. I don't want to go over the intricacies of so-and-so needs to be these people to then go into a tie and all of that. So I'm going to leave that for kind of the last week and then we can kind of go through that as we need to. Moving along to Olympic sports, Michaela Schifrin won the giant slalom and the slalom this past week to make her just now two World Cup titles away from Lindsey Vaughn's record. She is sitting at 80. This slalom win also makes Schifrin at 50 World Cup wins in a single discipline. She is the first skier, man or woman to achieve that feat. Schifrin won the slalom over American teammate Paula Maltzand, and this is the first U.S. 1-2 in a World Cup slalom race since 1971. 
Schifrin is competing in two slalom races this week, so we could have a tie for next week's weekly update. Also sticking with skiing, Austrian skier Matthias Mayer has announced his his retirement. He won three golds, the downhill in 2014 Sochi Olympics, the Super G in the 2018 Pyeongchang Olympics, and the 2022 Beijing Olympics. He has been on the World Cup circuit since 2009, competing 219 times and winning 11 titles. Also, this is a little bit of tennis news next, but I, I kept it into the Olympic category. 18-time Grand Slam champion Martina Navratilova has been diagnosed with two different types of cancer, throat and breast cancer. Martina is 66 years old and will start treatment this month. She has 59 Grand Slam titles overall between women's doubles, mixed and singles. And then I have, I know I give you this next part with a heavy heart as it is soccer news and Brazilian soccer star Pele died on December 29th. Last week I reported that his family was summoned to say their goodbyes. So this isn't a huge surprise, but it is a huge loss for the soccer world. He is considered the goat for the sport. Pele scored 1,279 goals in 1,363 games and which stands as a world record in his career with Brazil, which started at age 16. He won back to back world cups in 1958 and 1962. And then another in 1970, he is the only player to be on three world cup championship teams. He scored two goals in the world cup at the age of 17, another record to add to his name. Pele was also voted athlete of the century by the IOC and then FIFA in 1999 and 2000. After his retirement in 1977, he became an ambassador for the beautiful game. So rest in power and peace, Pele. Moving along to what to watch this upcoming week. We only have six NBA games on regular scheduled channels starting Wednesday with the Bucks at the Raptors at 630 on ESPN followed by the Heat at the Lakers at 9. On Thursday, the Celtics play the Mavs at 6.30 on TNT, followed by the Clippers at the Nuggets at 9 o'clock. And then on Friday, you can catch the Nets at the Pelicans at 6.30 on ESPN, followed by the Heat at the Suns. We have plenty of NCAA basketball games this week. Of course, I only highlight the ranked versus ranked games. So those don't start until Wednesday with number 20, Mizzou, newly ranked at that position at number 13, Arkansas. They play at 730 on SEC Network, followed by a showdown in the Big 12 between number 17, TCU, and number 19, Baylor at 8. That will be on ESPN2. Thursday, you can catch number one, Purdue, at newly ranked number 24, Ohio State, at 6 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. There are actually no games in the at like ranked at all on Friday. And then we have two more ranked versus ranked matchups on Saturday. Number 25, Iowa State broke into the rankings. They will play number 17, TCU, at 1 o'clock on ESPNU, followed by number 13, Arkansas, at 22, Auburn, at 7.30 on SEC Network. This week for NCAA football, we only have the basically the four remaining games of the bowl games. So the to start it off, and again, RIP Mike Leach, the ReliQuest Bowl is 22 Mississippi State versus Illinois. That takes place today at 11 a.m. on ESPN2, followed by the Cotton Bowl between number 16 Tulane versus number 10 USC and the Heisman Trophy winner 
Caleb Williams. They start at noon on ESPN. And at the same time at noon is the Citrus Cheez-It Bowl. So the actually the Citrus Bowl sponsored by Cheez-It. Number 17, LSU versus Purdue. That will be on ABC. And the last regular college football bowl game will be the Rose Bowl. Number 11, Penn State versus number eight, Utah. That will begin at 4 p.m. on ESPN. The last game we'll have will be next Monday night. So I want to go ahead and highlight that. That will be the national championship. That will be at SoFi Stadium in California. Again, it is number three TCU versus the defending champs, number one Georgia. For the NFL, we've got a big week, and it is a big Monday night football tonight. The Bills at the Bengals, and you can catch that at 7.30 p.m. on either ESPN, ABC, or ESPN2. They do not want to make sure you miss it. Um, it is a big game. The Bills is um, the Bills and the Bengals are both at the top of the league, so that is why you're seeing it on every channel that you can possibly catch it on. Then we have two NFL games on Saturday, the Chiefs at the Raiders at 3.30 p.m. on ESPN and ABC, followed by the Titans at the Jags at 7.15, again on ESPN and ABC. That is Saturday. I did not misspeak. There is no Thursday night football, but those two games will be on Saturday. Then on Sunday, we actually have the Ravens at the Bengals game, which is still at a TBD time. That will be on CBS, though. And we've got seven games at noon on Fox or CBS, depending on your geographical location. The CBS teams are Patriots at the Bills, the Texans at the Colts, the Browns at the Steelers. Then the Fox games are the Buccaneers at the Falcons, the Vikings at the Bears, the Panthers at the Saints, and the Jets at the Dolphins. Then we have five games also at CBS and Fox at 325. The CBS games being the Chargers at the Broncos and the Giants at the Eagles and the Fox games being the Cardinals at the 49ers, the Rams at the Seahawks and the Cowboys at the Commanders. I would go ahead and guess that the Ravens Bengals game will be on CBS at 325 as an option to view, but I'm not positive. Again, that is TBD. And then Sunday night football is the Lions at the Packers at 720 on NBC. We have the PGA Tour is back in action this week. On Thursday, you can catch the Century Tournament of Champions. Round one will be at 5 p.m. on Golf Channel, also on Peacock. This is the tournament that you have to have won a tournament in the last year to qualify for this event. So it is always a star-studded event and it is in Hawaii. So nice uh, little vacation for them there as well. Round two will be on Friday at the same time. And then round three, you can catch on Saturday at 3 p.m. on NBC, followed by 5 p.m. on Golf Channel. And then same for the final round. So Sunday, catch it at 3 p.m. on NBC and 5 p.m. on Golf Channel. A little bit of hockey news we do, or like hockey viewing. On Monday, we have the Penguins at the Bruins at 1 p.m. That is on TNT. That is the Winter Classic. And then Tuesday, catch the Stars at the Kings at 9 p.m. on ESPN. Wednesday, the Devils at the Red Wings at 6 on TNT, followed by the Lightning at the Wild at 8.30. And then rounding out the week is the Capitals at the Blue Jackets on Thursday at 6 p.m. on ESPN. That wraps it up for me this week. If you didn't watch college football, it was considered literally one of the best days of college football on Saturday. It is now coming to an end, sadly enough, but we will have plenty to talk about on NFL side. So hopefully everybody has a great first week back to work in 2023, and I'll catch y'all next Monday.